0: You're now tuned in to the Desire to Trade podcast, a show where we bring you the best figures of the trading world and teach you how you can become a successful trader. This is your host, Etienne Cret.
1: Etienne Cret here, forex trader and founder of Desire to Trade. Welcome to episode 101 of the Desire to Trade podcast. I just wanted to warn you guys that we're going to start the first episode past 100 very strongly with a guest I was very impatient to get in the podcast, who's been generous with his time to appear on the podcast and to share his best lesson. Someone I consider to be a legend in the trading and investing world. He started to get involved in the market at a pretty young age, and since then, has learned a lot by being involved on Wall Street. I think his story is particularly interesting and impressive if you're looking to discover the world and be involved in the market at the same time. Being in Singapore right now, he still offers many conferences around the world and is very involved with his two daughters. You'll probably discover with this interview a very clear message, and a message that's really powerful if you want to grow as a trader or an investor. It's a kind of advice that I value a lot and I hope you guys will do the same. But for now, Please help me welcome Jim Rogers. Welcome on the podcast. How's it going today?
2: I'm delighted to be here, Etienne.
0: Really happy to have you today, and it's a pleasure to do the interview with you, of course. Start a little bit by introducing yourself. People who are not aware of what you do know a of what you're doing these days.
2: Well, I moved to Singapore 10 years ago. I wanted my children to know Asia and to speak fluent Mandarin, so we moved here, and I make a lot of speeches. I do a lot of things, but my main focus are my two little girls. One is nine and one is 14. Love that.
0: Guessing them spoke Mandarin on uh, YouTube at some point.
2: It's really, good. Yes, yes, they both, it's strange, I'm very proud, but they both win the Mandarin speaking contest here in Singapore.
0: Wow, wow pretty interesting.
2: If I went to a movie where blue-eyed people were the best Mandarin speakers in a Chinese country, I would walk out. I wouldn't believe it. Yeah. It has to get happened over and over.
0: I get it. So usually the first question I ask my guests is, what is
2: one quote that inspires you? Well, I don't know. Be curious. Buy low, sell high. I guess the main one is, I'm sure somebody must have said once upon a time, think independently. That would be it. I like that. I like that. So
0: I want to go back in time a little bit. And I want people to be aware a little bit of how you started to trade exactly. So how did you come through trading in the first place?
2: Well, first of all, I don't consider myself a trader. I'm, in fact, I'm a terrible trader. I'm the world's worst market timer, the world's worst short-term trader. I do consider myself an investor. I had a, an interview when I was a senior at university, and I, I was from Wall Street. I didn't know anything about Wall Street, but I liked him and he liked me. He gave some a job on Wall Street, and I fell in love. I couldn't believe there was a the place that they would pay me to do what I loved, which was to know what was happening in the world and to follow the world, world events. It was wonderful. I thought I was going to go to law school and business school and medical school, and I didn't go to law school or business school or medical school. I went to Wall Street.
0: I like that. And one of the things you speak about in your book is the fact that you can learn a lot more on Wall Street than at school if you want to be an investor.
2: Well, there's no question about that. I said I had planned to go to business school, among other things, but it didn't take me long to figure out that I would learn a whole lot more just by experience and by doing it and by making mistakes and by watching other people make mistakes and have successes. As I got more experience, I realized that a lot of the stuff they teach at business school is not correct. It's not useful. It's professors with theories that usually aren't accurate. If you really want to learn a lot, Go into the markets and sell soybeans short or something. You'll learn a lot more doing that than you will at two years at business school, and it'll be a lot, lot cheaper.
0: I unfortunately have to agree with this 100% slowly through. So what are the things you learned in your early days at Wall Street that really impacted you the most?
2: Well, one of the early things I learned was that if you think for yourself and you don't follow the crowd, you will probably do very, very well most people just do what other people are doing. I remember in my first year or two, at one point, I did something that nobody else was doing, and I tripled my money in five or six months. And so I said to myself, boy, this is really easy. Everybody else, of course, was losing a lot of money. I bought foot and tripled my money, and everybody else was losing a lot of money, and they thought I was nuts for having done it. At first, I covered my positions, Reversed my positions on the day the market hit bottom. I got very arrogant, very cocky. I said, "This is very easy. I'm going to be the next Bernard Baruch." I covered my positions. I waited a couple of months for the market to rally. And sure enough, it rallied, and I sold it. I sold short with everything I had. And two months later, of course, I lost everything I had. I was totally wiped out. So I went from thinking that I was some kind of genius to being totally wiped out. And I learned how much I did not know about the markets, how much I did not know that other people would do strange things. Every one of the companies I sold short and then eventually went bankrupt, it didn't matter. I lost everything first. So I had learned to be a good analyst and to figure out a lot about how things really worked, but I didn't know about markets or people or even myself at that point. And so that was one of the most important things I learned early
0: how did you recover from that wiped out account?
2: Well, I didn't have any choice. <laughs> I didn't have any money, so I had to keep going to work and saving my money so I could start over again.
0: And is there anything you did differently that time? Some things you studied a little bit more? Or was it just yourself and your actions that you watched more closely?
2: Well, by then I realized I got to pay more attention to all those other people who I thought knew what I knew. And then I realized, no, no, no. They don't know what I know. They're investing blindly. And when you're investing blindly, you live on hot tips, you live on things you hear on the radio or the TV or the internet or something. So I started learning that the markets were a lot more complicated than just figuring things out and being like right. Totally. And
0: these days, are you still actively managing some investment, or what are some things you do uh, as your, let's say, investing style these days?
2: Well, my investing style hasn't changed. I still try to find things that are cheap. And if something's cheap, it means that people are not paying attention to it. And if I can find something cheap where there's positive change taking place, then chances are I will buy it. I know I'm going to be early, so I try to delay myself to make up for the fact that I'm I'm nearly always early. But I'm not nearly as active as I used to be. At the end, I told you, I got these two little girls uh, making speeches. I'm doing other things.
0: Yeah, which is fine too, which is something that people can go into a lot. It's interesting also, it gets to do speeches and travel the world and yeah, sure. And in terms of markets, do you have any favorite markets to be in or anything you prefer? Or do you just go in pretty much anything that's cheap?
2: Well, I try to find opportunities. I, I invest all over the world in stocks, bonds, currencies, commodities. I also sell short. So I don't have any favorite. I just it, unless I well, when I find something, it's my favorite. So if I find something cheap where there's positive change taking place, and that's my favorite at the time. But after a while, you know, I find new and different things.
0: And one of the passions I think we both have in common is probably the idea of traveling. You mentioned in your book you've traveled a lot. You've seen a lot of things. And I'm curious a little bit about Asia. Though, Why did you pick Asia?
2: Well, I picked Asia because Asia is the next great, continent of 21st century. The 19th century was the century of the UK. The 20th century was the century of the US. The 21st century is going to be the century of China, whether we like it or not. I see what's happening in China and therefore in Asia as well. So I came to Asia so that my children would know, would speak perfect Mandarin and would know Asia because in their lifetime, uh, their lifetimes, it's going to be the most important continent there is.
0: And How do you benefit the most from Asia? Is it by staying here? Or I guess as an investor or trader, you could be from anywhere in the world and still benefit from the market.
2: Yeah, I I can be in anywhere. I can be in Toledo. I could be in Brazil. It doesn't matter where I am because markets are open. And these days you have computers and telephones. So it's very easy to be anywhere I want. It doesn't matter that I'm in Asia as far as being an investor. It matters that I'm in Asia because I see more what's happening. But I knew that anyway. For me, the reason I'm in Asia is for these two little girls. I'm trying to prepare them for the 21st century.
0: Interesting. And what are some things you look at when you talk when you see Asia? What are some things that you notice, and where do you look to see those
2: things? Well, I see an incredible, hardworking ethic. Uh, I, I think everybody works. Most people work very hard in China and in Asia. You know, they save their money, very high savings rate, and you need high savings and investing rates in order to have a successful economy. They work hard. They're not bogged down by many of the things we are in the West. It's a whole new and vibrant and dynamic place to be. And
0: I can't particularly agree on this because I've been traveling a lot through China, and I've seen a lot of it, which is really interesting, for sure.
2: Well, yes, it's amazing. The Chinese have a long and historic culture. As you know, China is the only country in the world that's had recurring periods of greatness. Great Britain was great once. Rome was great once, Egypt was great once, but China's been great three or four times. China's also collapsed into catastrophe three or four times. But for whatever reason, they're the only country that after a few decades of being disaster, have turned around and risen to the top again. It's happening now here in the 21st century. I, I wish I could figure out why, but then I could, could sell it. It could all get very rich. I <laughs> like
0: that. And one of the things that I'm particularly interested in is to travel and still be in the market. It's something that I've been doing pretty much the past four months, pretty much this whole year. And I know you've been doing that also a little bit. So what are some things you do whenever you travel? Are there some routines you have or things that you like to do?
2: Well, when I travel, I just try to see everything I can. Flying from airport to airport, you don't learn too much. But if you travel close to the ground, if you see the world from the ground up, you see a lot, lot, lot more. If you cross a, a border out in the desert or the jungle, I promise you, you're going to learn a whole lot more than flying into an international airport. And when I do that, I try to see everything. I try to go to the local places, local restaurants. To the, I like to go to the dangerous part of town. You know, And I try to see experience it all.
0: And how do you make sure that you stay involved in the market? Because it's kind of easy to travel too much. And- Forget about the market sometimes. You have some. Yeah,
2: but the way I invest, it I usually it really doesn't matter. I don't care too much about short-term fluctuations. But at the end, these days you're their computers. I can be sitting anywhere in the world and find out what's happening at a moment's notice.
0: I guess you're also a big fan of kind of news when it comes to investing. You're probably like very aware of what's happening.
2: When I'm traveling, I certainly do because they, they keep me alive. I've got to know what's going on or I could get <laughs> killed. I stumble into a revolution or to an epidemic or something or a famine. So, no, I try to keep in, informed because that's my passion. Many people love basketball or something. I don't know anything about the NBA, but I do know a lot about what's happening in the world because that's my passion.
0: And I remember one part of your book where you talk about the fact that you would do this every single day if possible. I think that was in your early training career. Is it still the same thing these days? Or have you found a balanced trade with investing?
2: Well, Mark, if I understood you, uh, I have never been very balanced. Uh, when I was had a career, I was very, very focused. You know, when I was seeking adventure, I was very, very focused on the adventure, which is one reason I survived. And of course, that's one reason I survived in the markets as well. Now, now my focus is very much my children. I'm not a very balanced person. That's something I want to do and focus. I like that.
0: What would be your advice for people who are getting started right now in investing or in trading? What are some things you have to to be careful about and consider?
2: My most important advice, don't listen to me or somebody on the internet or the TV or something. Listen. Only to yourself, do not invest in something unless you yourself know a great deal about it. Everybody listening to this knows a lot about cars or fashion or something. So stay with what you know. And when you see something positive or some change taking place, you will know it long before anybody else because it's what you do all the time when you watch TV or read magazines or go on the internet. That's what you do. So you'll know about it long before the rest of us then do some research and buy the stock, and then call me or send me an email. That's the way to be successful. Don't listen to other people. So it's about doing research. Yes, yes, yes. Do only what you know. If you don't know anything to do, do nothing. It's better to sit and look out the window than to lose a few percent every year. If you don't believe me, just try it. will find out what
0: how do you pursue to your research? Are there some things that you would like to look at, or is it always different?
2: Well, I, I try to figure out the basic supply and demand. I mean, is something new that's going to have a lot of demand and whether supply is limited? You know, whether it's cotton or a new country or a new stock or something else. I try to do numbers. I try to do, run the numbers so that I know what, have some idea of what the company's all about. Do they have high profit margins, low profit margins? The number, You have to understand the numbers if you're going to be a successful investor. And then I try to do more research.
0: It's always a little more than, what's, than what you need, basically, which I find interesting in your book also.
2: Well, you can never do enough research, I will tell you. And even when you think you have, the world's going to change next week, so you've got to stay on top.
0: What are some things that you would like to pass on to people who are starting out right now in trading? People who are brand new to this, should they go to school? Should they just get a job? Or can they learn by themselves these days, you think?
2: One can learn by yourself. One go to school, but a lot of what they teach you in school is incorrect or inaccurate. In my experience, it's best to learn on the job or learn by doing or by teaching yourself. I never took an accounting course, for instance. Well, accounting is pretty simple stuff, bookkeeping is pretty simple stuff. You can figure it all out for yourself. But most of this that you need to know is simple. You don't need to go to school. Learn by doing and by making mistakes. Now, some people go to school and they seem to do okay. Very expensive and time-consuming, but doing it on the job is my preference. But I guess one of the things can never really be prepared for
0: are the tough times, the times where either you lose some money or you, you have a trouble making money in the market. What have you found? Well, It'd be the easiest way to get back up whenever you have a tough time.
2: There's no easy way when you lose a lot of money except to uh, try to put your head down and keep going. Start over and, and save your money and learn from your mistakes. When I speak at universities, I tell them how I lost everything early on and I explain that that's good. You learn from it. There are many people who have gone bankrupt once or twice. I didn't go bankrupt, but I lost everything. And are the ones who persevere The ones who never give up are the ones who become very, very successful, and they certainly learn a whole lot of lessons. So don't be afraid to make mistakes and lose money. Just do it when you're in your 20s. Don't do it when you're in your 50s.
0: Yeah. And do you think those times are necessary to become a successful
2: trader or investor? For most people, yeah. But I told you how I got cocky and thought I was good. Uh, There's nothing quite like you're finding out that you don't know at all what you're doing. Uh, it will keep you humble and it will keep you alert to look out for the mistakes. If everything you do is right, either you're not really trying, you're not doing much, or you're really, really going get to hard, get hard someday when you start making mistakes.
0: I mean, I'm curious to you know, what have you seen to be the benefits of traveling a lot in your life and in your investing? Are there some things you can point out easily?
2: Or... Well, traveling will teach you about the world, teach you about yourself, too. If you have to, you know, find your own place to sleep on your own food, you're traveling on your own. Go on a tour, you don't really learn very much. You might see the Eiffel Tower, but if you have to get there on your own, you're going to learn about life. You're going to learn about the country is much better. You're going to learn everything. And if you're observant, then you can find opportunities and change. And you will also see that most of what we read in the press or on TV is wrong. American propaganda, but all propaganda. You know, it's always loaded in one direction. So go there and see for yourself, and you will probably find out that everything you thought was accurate was not accurate. And you make your own decisions, and that's how you find opportunities.
0: Are there any travel experiences you'd like to share with the listeners, maybe those that built you the most or that helped you grow the most?
2: Well, I've written a couple of books about it. I would suggest you, read you can read Investment Biker, which is about my trip around the world on a motorcycle or adventure venture capitalist, which about my trip around the world in a car. I got lots of, you know, I was held hostage once for nine days in the Congo. And what about the market?
0: What would be the experiences other than the one where you lost a lot of money? Are there any other kind of moments you had at some point kind of realization?
2: Yeah, well, as I said, uh, more than once I have been right and lost money because uh, my timing was not very good. I would urge people to a, do a lot of homework, but then be prepared for the market to go against you. Keep some reserves because the market can go against you for strange reasons. And if you're called short, then you're going to suffer badly.
0: And one thing I see very beginning investors and traders make is they try to predict the market a little bit too early. Like they try to know exactly where the market's going to go next week. Do you have any sort of prediction you do on a daily basis? And what kind of margin of error do you keep?
2: No, no, I'm not. A, as I told you, I, I, barely, I rarely look at the market very much. I don't care about what's going to happen next week, next month. I try to find the, the fundamental things, and I want to own them for many, many, many years. That's the way I invest. Now, there are other people who are great short-term traders. I am not. But I have known people who are phenomenal short-term traders, and that's all they do. I'm not any good at it, and I'm too lazy anyway. Everybody has to find their own way and then pursue their own way, not my way.
0: And how did you discover that your way was investing?
2: <laughs> by mistakes, by trial and error. You know, By trying to be a short-term trader, nearly always being wrong, by making investments that I could keep for long. Eventually, I realized the best way for me.
0: I think that's the only way to basically figure it out. You have to try all of them and like, stick to one at the end.
2: Yes. Yeah, so, far, so far, that's good been what's good for me.
0: Do you put any emphasis on technicals and indicators and things like that?
2: No, I don't look at the technical analysis. I don't really know how. I mean, there are classic indicators. You know, When there's a bubble, all bubbles throughout history have been the same. If you know any market history or human history, you will learn to recognize a bubble. You will also learn to recognize despair and panic, and usually, if you can go against the crowd when there's panic and despair, you will probably be successful. It's not easy. It's not easy selling when people are hysterical and everybody's screaming to buy something. This is human emotion. But all markets, all bubbles, and all panics, all over the world throughout history have been the same.
0: Tell us about some of your kind of best shots in the market. Do you have any events that you kind of proud of yourself for doing the right thing at the right time?
2: I've had a few successes. I don't particularly like talking about my successes. I learn a lot more from my mistakes.
0: Definitely, for sure. But any success that you've seen or that you would like to share? Maybe so people can get an
2: idea of things. Well, I mean, China, you know, I started, I, I went to China in the 80s and I'd listened to American propaganda all my life about what evil, vicious, dangerous people the Chinese were. I got there close to the ground, you know, traveling across China, and I realized, oh my gosh, these people are educated, with great culture and history, and they're ambitious, they work hard, and I realized everything I'd been told was wrong, and then I started investing in the Chinese market. I went back to New York, and I would tell people, better watch out about China, teach your children Chinese, and they would all laugh and say, oh, come on, it's Japan, Japan is the country we worry about. Well. They all know different now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And
0: what did you do before jumping from one market to the other? Are there some things you did to prepare yourself, or was it just a seamless transition? Well,
2: when I go somewhere, I try to read about it. I try to know where I'm going so that I don't just get there and waste a lot of time. And then from that, I get and I realize what's happening. I thought I had read about China when I was in China in 1984. You know, I've been reading about China all my life. Well I realised that a lot of what I've been reading was wrong. So you have to discover about yourself. It's like no other jokes. Yes, I repeat, the only person you should listen to listen to whether you're investing or you have a career or you're getting married or whatever. Don't listen to other people. Only listen to yourself.
0: I think that's powerful advice. I think it's something people don't do enough and I'm probably guilty of that
2: myself. I It's very easy to do what everybody else is doing. It's not easy to go against the crowd, but the successful people in life have been the ones who followed their own instincts, and no matter how strange it may sound, think independently and be very curious. How did you develop that, that mindset? Was it through experiences? Mainly from experience. Well, I mean, you know, what did I know when I was a teenager in my 20s? I didn't know much about life for myself, but I learned all this from experience.
0: Are there any people you met through your career that helped you develop yourself as a successful investor?
2: Uh, No, not that I can remember. I, I was always pretty much a loner. I always did
0: things by myself. So is there any other advice you'd like to give to people who are looking to jump into investing or trading? Anything we didn't cover so far on the interview?
2: Don't do it unless you really love it because most people are not successful at it. Find what you are successful at, whether it's gardening or farming or cars, whatever it is. If it's a market, then get involved with the market. But be sure you love it, especially these days, I think, because there are going to be some very difficult times in the next few years. It's not going to be a fun place. So if you don't love it, you're not going to be happy. So
0: how can people find you if they want to connect with you or reach out?
2: Well, my website is com. There's not much there except my schedule and my trip around the world. But you can see my schedule. And if you're ever in the same place I am, then I'd be happy to meet.
0: I've seen you doing a lot of pieces in China. Is there a reason why China is is a place where you're the most often? Or is it just the fact that that's the place where you often to speak?
2: Well, I speak there a lot because that's where a lot of things are happening. or Maybe... And I know that, and they know I know that. And I, I don't know. I guess I've spoken a lot. I've spoken a lot in the U.S. and other places. But for whatever reason, more people in Asia seem to invite me these days than in the West.
0: So I want people to check out your book as well, Street Smart. I think it's really a good book. If people want to get lessons,
2: what's the best way well, to find it on Amazon? It's on Amazon. Any bookstore can order it for you. It's not hard to buy books these days. <laughs> I like it. So,
0: Jim, we have a question we ask, I guest at the end of every podcast. If you could give only one piece of advice for traders or investors in one sentence, what would that one sentence of advice be?
2: Think for yourself.
0: Like that. Powerful, <laughs> Short. Amazing. So, Jim Rogers, thanks so much for having the podcast. It's been a pleasure to have you here.
2: Thank you, Adrian. I hope we can do it again
1: sometime. So that was it for the interview with Jim Rogers. I really hope you guys enjoyed it. I definitely got a lot of value out of it, some really good lessons, and it's totally worth re-listening to it the second time, for sure. If you guys want to connect with me after the show, check out the Facebook group over at desiretotradecom forward slash group, and make sure to say thank you to Jim if you enjoyed the episode today. Send them an email. The links are all going to be in the show notes over at desire forward slash 101. I'll be back next week for another interview. Look forward to see you guys there. Have an awesome week. Make sure you apply what you learned in this interview.